That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Got another dude! Hey! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right. Dudes to the left. Stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy. Bronco Nagurski Award. Ultimate dudes. Got another dude! O-line you. Bunch of dudes. A lot of dudes. Yeah! Another dude in the house. Welcome to the Lot of Dudes podcast presented by Fourth and Dude, Season 1, Week 5. The Eagles did the mauling on Saturday as they locked the Tigers in the bathroom three, through three quarters and held the explosive Clemson offense just seven points through 48 minutes. But the Tigers got back out of the cage late in the fourth and put up a ton of points in garbage time, much to the delight of all the Daz haters. On today's episode, we'll give you our take on the game, preview the Chippewas of Central Michigan, and also provide the the usual non-football uh, nonsense. Hey, Matt, why don't you kick things off with the uh, the new segment we discussed pre-show? Um, it's called Matt Number Two Apologizes to Matt Number One for being wrong about everything last episode. Yeah, I'm going to just fully disagree with basically everything you you just uh, went in with the intro there. I think pretty clearly, as we're going to get into. Uh, I think you'll see that, that you're on the wrong side of history. Uh, before we get into it, I think we, we are going to set some ground rules of a no arguing this week. Uh, you know, things definitely got a little heated last week. I think we made basically our whole, ta- our whole table, the waitress, everyone at the game watch, pretty uncomfortable uh, from the yelling back and forth. So if we could avoid that, that would be fantastic. I think at this point we have our, our minds made up, and, and specifically you have your mind made up. And, you know, it, it is what it is to quote Ned Stark in the uh, season – or series premiere of Game of Thrones, rather than Mad Men sees what he sees, uh, relevant to White Walkers, relevant to you. Uh, okay, all right, all right, all right. So today's episode is brought to you by Dewey's Pub. Uh, Dewey's Pub, one of the two official Game Watch bars in New York City. It's been our home for every uh, you know game we've watched while in the Big Apple. Far superior, in my opinion, to Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree's been kind of played out. This place is uh, this place is great. Thirty minutes of open bar before each game. Sometimes beer at halftime, sometimes not. Sometimes free Jello shots. Who really knows? All I know is that we were there for about four hours on Saturday watching the Eagles. Uh, we had unlimited beers. Honor- Go ahead. Honorary pood. Honorary pood. Um, they, they throw this misdirection at you where sometimes it's 15 minutes and then 15 minutes at halftime. And then sometimes it's 30 minutes pregame. You don't know. No one and knows. I kind of res- respect Nobody it. Nobody knows. But uh, at the time, I was pretty heated at our waitress, but it, it was all good. It's, so an interesting, it's an interesting business model, but, you know, hey, they get people in the door. Uh, all I know is that we were there literally all day, uh, drank – Many beers had, you know, all the wings we could eat, a steak and cheese, hillside, whatever. $31, $31.50 to be exact for the entire day for everyone on a 10-person table. So, uh, overall fantastic. One other, one, other, one other thing, buyer beware coming into, and we'll get to this, um, obviously Central Michigan next week is, is on the ACC network. Um, what I'll say is Dewey's is 0 for 1 in being able to provide a, a competent broadcast on the ACC network. So, buyer beware there. But keep Very true. Um with that, the other note is that, again, I think we mentioned this last week, we are officially on iTunes now. Uh, you can search for us at Lot of Dudes. You'll know it's us because the picture is a uh, BC Eagles customized jersey that says Lot of Dudes and 69 on the back. So 
Uh, you won't confuse us for those other dude-related podcasts. Subscribe, like, give us five stars, whatever. Uh, you know, the episodes get pushed directly to your phone as soon as they're released. So uh, don't miss out. Subscribe today. And one quick thing. We are an ad-free podcast, as you, as you guys know, um, besides the, the Dewey's ad we just gave. But, and Bus um, Productions earlier and Rubinoff last week. And, and a, a, a couple, couple others. others. But yeah, for the most part, ad-free. Cool. But we turned down a lot of ad advertisement offers uh, for you guys. We want to maintain the, the integrity of the broadcast. So um, with that, Matt, let's jump into the Clemson game. And I, I tell you what, I'd love to hear your take first because um, I, I actually I have a lot more positives than negatives um, to take away. And I'd be interested for, for, for your take on this. Yeah, again, I, I think, like we said, obviously no arguing. So we'll kind of lay out our points. Obviously, feel free to, you know, you can chime in, but let's keep it civil. Um, I'll start with the positives as well. Uh, you know, I guess actually I start with the negative right off the bat. I have a, a confession to make and, you know, uh, we'll put our hand up on this one. The road to 10 and two that we were so adamant about is officially now canceled. Uh, we can talk nine and three, we can talk eight and four, uh, but 10 and two is officially out the window. So sorry about that. Now back to the pauses. I think the team on Saturday played with a ton of heart. Uh, 10 and, quick interruption, yes. 10 and 10 and three is still on the table. Correct. 10 and three. Te- yes. Technically that would be correct. Really, eleven and three. No, yeah, no, I don't think we'll make the. Champions. I don't think right. we'll make the playoffs <laughs> or the championship. You're right. So yeah, you're right. We'll stick it at ten and three. Again, the positives: the team played with a ton of heart in a, you know, obviously a hostile environment against, in my opinion, the best team in the country. Um, you know, and they fought really hard. They're obviously, you know, on talent alone, uh, supremely uh, overmatched by this Tigers team. And they came out and they fought really hard. Things did look better uh, in terms of individual units. I thought the defense looked better uh, and the offensive line looked better, which, again, is, is you know, certainly credit to the coaches uh, and, you know, obviously more impressive against such a great team. So certainly some positives to take away. I think so far we've seen really with Wake being the, you know, lowest point in the season in terms of how we looked. We do seem to be getting better, which, you know, does give me some sign of optimism for, for the rest of the year. Yeah, and you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the offensive line, that was our biggest concern coming in. The front four of Clemson is, you know, on paper, one of the best in the country. Our offensive line's banged up. They're young. Um, you know, every excuse in the book. But they're actually, you know, that's an area of concern for us, obviously, um, especially with, this, you know, our starting center captain being out for the year. So you and I, we said this last episode, we were very concerned about, you know, I said, you know, I wasn't sure if Brown was going to make it through the game or not. And, you know, to their credit, they held their own, you know, they protected Brown. I wouldn't say they opened up, you know, huge holes in the running game necessarily, um, but they they overachieved as far as what I was expecting. On the um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the linebackers right were a complete liability against Notre Dame. They ran they ran it down their throats, you know, throughout the middle of the field. Uh, those guys, especially the, the three linebackers, really stepped up. Um, so I'll give them a, a ton of credit as well. I was really happy to see that. Um, no penalties also. Um, <laughs> there's only two penalties in the game. One was just a, a false start, I think, on Lazar, maybe a holding, whatever it was. The other was obviously on Adazio. So, um, you know, a huge amount of credit to the defense for keeping as close as they did for as long as they did. Yeah, the other thing I'll say, too, and, and I'm not really sure what was going on with it, but I'm not sure why uh, Dabo didn't have Kelly Bryant run more. Uh, we've shown through the first three weeks that we are atrocious against a running quarterback. He did finish with around 100 yards, I think around 106 yards to be exact. Uh, but it was a very quiet 100 yards, probably on 22 20 carries, carries. Right, I mean, so he was just yeah. you know he was he was kind of breaking contained for four yards, five yards at a time, which yeah, obviously is not good over the course of the game. But so far through the first three games, we've had very long runs, if not very long touchdown runs from all the quarterbacks. So 
Uh, don't know if that was, you know, our defense adjusting. Landry did look much better than he's looked in the last three games, so I'm glad they, they let him off the chain a little bit. Um, but Landry looked good, right? I mean, Landry looked, yeah, he looked better, better than he has. He looked much better. But he's still, I mean, he's still fighting through double teams in a lot of cases. I, until someone, when I say someone, I really mean Zach Allen. Someone needs to step up on the, on this defensive line and free him up a little bit. He did have, you know, he had a great move on their uh, on their offensive tackle uh, to force that in, that first interception. He got to Kelly real quick. Um, Kelly's his first name. Bryant. He got to so Bryant Kelly it's or Kelly Kelly, it's Kelly Kelly Bryant. I believe. Yeah, Kelly Bryant. We would make we'd make too many Brian Kelly jokes if it was Brian Kelly. That's right. So, yeah. That's right. He got to the quarterback, you know, real quick. Had a great move and uh, hit his arm, forced the first interception. That was a hell of a play. Um, still not the herald of old, but you know, he's he's making improvements. Maybe he's getting you know healthier than you know as the season goes on. Who knows? But um, hopefully he he comes out strong the rest of the year. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right, so this was this was fun so far. I, I've been positive, and again, I, I really don't have anything negative to say about. Uh, the team and, and kind of the way everyone played, I think they really did fight for their all. Uh, this is the part that I think, you know, you obviously knew was coming and I think everyone else knows is coming, but, um, you know, we're going to get into the game plan. At the end of the day, I think it was pretty apparent to everybody watching that this was a, a game plan, um, you know, that Dazio drew up. That was a conservative game plan. It was a play not to lose game plan, which, you know, there's a time and a place for a game plan like that. That works when you're playing worse teams or when you are, you know, this, this, uh, you know, severely over-talented team and you're, and, you know, and you're just playing little sisters of the poor. The reality is that this will not work when you are playing much better teams, which is the, you know, obviously who we saw on Saturday. When you play a team that is so much better than you in terms of talent, in terms of, you know, conditioning, just overall, whatever it is, you need to play to win. You really need to pull off all the stops. Um, and that goes obviously for Saturday and that goes for the remaining big three. We saw this from Adazio in 2004. He did play to win. You know, he pulled out this trick plays against... 2000, what's 2004? Yeah, the, his Talk second year. Florida? No, his, his second year. Oh. I'm sorry, 2014. Okay. Sorry, sorry about my math was off. Uh, but we saw this in 2014, in the second year here. You know, he was pulling out trick plays against Florida State, which, you know, we look, we didn't win that game, and that's okay, because at least you're, you're saying you're going into the number two team in the country, I think they were at the time. Uh, and we had him, you know, literally to the late fourth quarter. We, you know, had that Tyler Murphy uh, wide receiver pass that you know, almost connected and would have won the game. You have to roll the dice to, to beat teams like this. So I'm really not sure what's changed in his mind in the philosophy of really the first year and two years of saying, look, we're going to actually go out and attack these juggernauts and we're going to really try to play to win. Whereas now it's seen, we saw it last year as well. Um, but look, we're just going to play conservative. I want to keep it close. You know, I don't want to get embarrassed on national TV, whatever it is, but uh, clearly there was a conservative game plan. Do you really think that's it? I, I, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know if it is. Do you think is. that's what's going through his head? I think it's, I, I, I can't imagine I, that. I, I really um, can't either, but I can, I can see, you know, just from a, a human perspective saying, look, you know, last year I got demolished in every game against these big teams. I lost by 50 points at Fought Tech. I lost by a hundred to Louisville, whatever. I can see, look, Hey, I'm on national TV. I have a new athletic director. You know, I don't want to go and make an ass of myself and, and be down 50 nothing in the first quarter because that's the last thing the boosters need. The reality is that, obviously, you know, a lot of people say, and, and, you know, look, at the end of the day, this was, you know, a more fun game to watch in the grand scheme in the sense that we had two hours that we actually were believing. But I think to a man, if you ask, you know, hey, are we actually going to be able to pull this off? And you and I talked about it on Saturday. We said, look, you know, this is great, but this defense is is unfortunately just getting gassed. We said it at the last drive of the second uh, quarter where they had that long touchdown drive, you know, it felt like the floodgates were going to open up. And I think we knew it would a team of that talent is going to score in the thirties and the forties against a team like us. This is this the reality? So, you know, 
shooting for seven points, shooting for 14 points, just, uh, you know, just isn't good enough. So I don't know what the mentality is, but that was, you know, my big takeaway was, look, you're playing not to lose and yeah, it'll keep it close. Yeah. It'll make the games watchable. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, we got to actually try to win and try to pull off these upsets. And to do that, you got to get a little aggressive. All right. A couple things here. Um, I, I hear where you're coming from. Uh, I do have a couple of counterpoints. Um, and I, I guess point number one, you said what's changed since 2014. We had Tyler Murphy with the top running attack in the nation. We had, you know, we were a triple threat on offense. This we have, we're pretty one dimensional when it comes to what we're going to do on, on fourth down. We, we're going to run the ball. And, you, you know, when you look at these situations where we were in their territory and was, it was fourth and short, which by the way, there was really only three. I mean, there was a lot of fourth and sixes, fourth and nines, and you can get on dash. I mean, you know, why would, why don't you make it fourth manageable when you're in their territory? Fine. You can, you can do that all day long, but there's really only three situations where they absolutely, you know, maybe not absolutely, but they, they potentially should have gone for it. Right? Yeah. I'll, I'll agree. Just quickly. So, quickly, so I have just quickly to jump in at, cause that's what I, I, I have those all written down again. I, I, and I, and I told you this while we, I told you this while we were watching the game. I said, you know, individually, I didn't really have an issue with any of the decisions to punt. You know, again, with the exception of the fourth and three and fourth and two on the on the forty. Individually, though, I didn't really have an issue with, well, on the, with on that the, on the forty six. Right. So, a, so the, let's let's stick to stick to sports. Yeah. There was a fourth. There was a fourth and three on the on Clemson's forty six, which if you, if you you know you, you don't get that, then you're you're giving the ball. You know, it's half the field. Fourth and two on the 44. When you put those together, yeah, maybe you, you go for right. it. There was also a, a fourth and two on the 29. Out of those three, should you have gone for it once? Absolutely. Absolutely, right, man? Yeah, it, exactly. So that's my whole thing. Is and, you, you just, and then, Oh, wait, hold on. They did go for it. They, they did the go fourth and two, they one. did. Yeah, the fourth and two, exactly. I'm where they went for on the 29. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I, try, I thought I maybe got you did. there. <laughs> uh, well, all right, good, good save. Yeah. But, but, I mean, that's one out of three in, in real fourth down situations, right? I mean, do you want to be two for three? Do you, a three for three is probably a little too much. That's, I mean, I think in a lot of cases, um, this conservative style, whatever you want to call it, I think it's you know, somewhat rational to some degree, especially considering they know we're going to run the ball, right? We're probably not going to pass on any of those short yard well, on situations. The two, they're, they're on the fourth and two, we pass. On the fourth and two, we pass the hill. Well, yeah, that's why we converted. Right. But <laughs> what, what I'm saying, you can't do that every time. Your, your offensive is not your strong suit, right? You're playing against what I would say is the best defense in the country. Um, probability is not necessarily with you. And I know what the stats say. It's always a good idea to go no, for it. No, I agree. It it's definitely more cute. I whatever, agree with but there's, there's a counter argument here. Um, and, and the other thing I'll say here is that, you know, playing conservative, you know, really allowed the BC defense to stay in the football game. I mean, more often than not, Clemson started with the ball inside their own 10-yard line. Um, and that really makes it, I wouldn't say it makes them one dimensional, but it, it certainly makes them way less two dimensional. It takes away, you know, more than half their playbook when you're, you're just trying to get, you know, you're, you're gasping for air in your own, in your own zone there. And what, what I'll also say is that, um, you know, one of the punts when they, they, um, when they punted to, to Clemson's six yard line, they, so Clemson starts on their six, they go three and out, they punt the ball back to us. We get it back on their 37 and we drive down the field and score. I mean, there's. I would say that that that's that conservative mindset, whatever you want to call it, helps set up our touchdown that game. Yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I think I think where I'm going to disagree, uh, I guess, in a few places. One would be, like I said, I mean, the fact is that we obviously knew that Clemson Clemson is a, a very strong offense, especially against a defense like ours that was you know on the field for a good amount of time, which is fine. Uh, so they were always going to score, you know, in the high 20s or 30s. So 
Not necessarily. I, I mean, mean, I think I think we we all saw that fourth quarter coming. Maybe not as extreme as it as it came, but we said, look. Well, when we, when we say fourth quarter, too, I want to be I want to be clear on this. I mean, it was fourteen to seven with five minutes to go. I have no idea how they scored that many points the last five minutes. No, it did get out of hand. It did I really don't. Yes, but like you would agree that the final score did not even sure. come close to yeah. representing no, 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 I, you know I do agree the that. game. So. I mean, I, I and I get your being really nice this it's episode. Really, it's a good change. Nice it's a good change because we got a lot of flack yes. last episode for uh, from everyone. So, um, but it was also you know went viral pretty much. So maybe we should get back <laughs> to that. But you know, there, there's two sides of the story here. I think 99% of the population is focused on uh, Daz going for it every time he's you know gets a fourth down. But um, I, I think that part of his game plan was to not give them the ball in midfield and, and give away points. So he, and, and our defense, they, they've been forcing turnovers. Dennis has a uh, pick every game. I mean, you get him in the open field, you pick six can happen. Landry gets to the QB, you force a fumble. Your defense, you know, almost is just as likely to, to score points first Clemson than your offense, you know, the way it was going. Yeah, so. and, and I will, by the way, I'll put some of this blame on Loeffler as well. Uh, sure. I, I think yeah. I've been pretty disappointed with, you know, Obviously, I think after week one, we were all very focused on whatever we ran 90 plays, which obviously is impressive. But statistically, we are um, you know, basically the least explosive team in college football. I think we are dead last in play or, you know, like 115th in the country and plays over 20 yards. We don't have any plays over 30 or 40 yards, something like that. We just don't have big plays, which, again, you need. So, you know, again, I, I guess that does lead some credence to your argument of saying, look, it's not worth going for a fourth and six because we don't have the plays for that. But. You know, I do see that as a coaching, whether that's Daz or Loeffler. I think we need to have some ability to say, look, here are our plays that, you know, we feel confident either getting it to fourth and manageable or getting five, six yards when we need to. So uh, the lack of explosiveness hurt. Obviously, you saw it in the fourth quarter when we were trying to come back. Uh, we only had one first down in the entire fourth quarter, which, you know, look, obviously we were tired. We were playing an overmatched team. So, you know, our, our legs were going to eventually give out. But that's that's disappointing. And I don't think it's on. You know the players at that point. I think everyone was executing at the highest level they could. So um, I think if if they played like that, and and bring me back to to you know reality because everyone everything that I says everything that I say seems to be uh, you know I, I live in my own universe. Self awareness. That's awesome. That's a good step. I love it. <laughs> well, it's like you, you know, there's being a, a DAS supporter is almost like being a Trump supporter where no one wants to say it, but there's a silent majority out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna but, disagree uh, a little bit. Anyway. I, don't, I don't know how big your majority anyway, is. Anyway, anyway. If we play like that against pretty much anyone else in the country, not in the country, in the ACC, I think we win that game against pretty much everyone, but maybe, I just don't think we're going to beat Louisville, but I think we win that game. And maybe Virginia Tech, I think they're they're solid too, but I think we beat the rest of the ACC playing like that, you know, at least through three and a half quarters. I think with, well, right, again, that's the thing. I think, absolutely, I agree that we would hang with anybody, but there needs to be a little bit more aggressiveness if we're actually going to pull something off. Again, if we're going to beat these best teams in the ACC, I mean, we just at a minimum have to be in the 20s. There's there's the way these these offenses move the ball. It's, you know, our defense is good. It's not good enough to hold these teams to 14, um, you know, throughout. The I think we beat, the we beat Virginia. We beat Virginia by 40 points. We play. Like well, hey, we're going to get to that. You're playing the, the episode, number two yeah. team in the country. I mean, you have to you have to put some of that in context. They, they played a hell of a game. Absolutely. Again, I think and I'm I'm proud I'm proud of I'm proud of those guys, proud of Daz, proud of <laughs> Shut up with the proud of Daz, you clown. <laughs> uh, all right, I think one 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 other quick thing. Uh, shout out to Ty, Ty Schwab. That guy was a monster. He had two sacks. Was all over the field after playing like shit against Notre Dame. So credit to him as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's uh. 
So what's our next segment? We we gonna look at the ACC. Well, so no, so actually, I th- and I think on the on the nature of we're having a good discussion here, then this is an actual question that that I want to pose to both of us. So uh, the question to you is, you know, basically we're looking at the rest of the season here. What needs to happen in your eyes the rest of the way for you to say, all right, I actually think it's time for Dazio to, you know, move on. This is not working. Uh, and then again, on my shoulders is uh, what needs to happen the rest of the way for me to say, all right, look, you. You know he's actually rolling. He deserves another year. Uh, do you do you have a you, do you can, have a you can tell you can tell this is Matt's segment because this puts me in a tough. It spot. doesn't because it, it doesn't um, at all. I think it, it's, no, I'll, it it does because um, to keep Daz around, I think that that what I need to say here is five and seven um, at the minimum should keep him around. Um, which by the way I wouldn't be thrilled with that, but if you think about it, five and seven that means. You lose to Louisville, Virginia Tech, FSU, and NC State the rest of the year. And then you win the, the other five games mistake-free, right? So, I mean, that's it, – it's A, it's tough to do that. Um, but if you, if you do do that, then your only bad loss is to Wake, who, by the way, is 4-0, um, and who knows how good they are, although they did just you know, almost lose to App- Appalachian State. But that doesn't help my argument. <laughs> I would say 5-7. and seven. Um, so five and seven, you're you, you're, you know, keep, but, you're keeping but, the five and seven. Yeah, but and Matt, we probably go to a bowl game. I know no one wants to hear, yeah, that, I don't but, hear that. But the AP APR JP whatever the whatever the acronym is, um, we probably go to a bowl game. And honestly, if we go four and eight, you know, with all the injuries and shit, I, I could see Daz staying, and I wouldn't be against that. But less than that, then yeah, he should be gone. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna obviously disagree, which is gonna lend to some debate probably at the end of the year because I have a feeling we're gonna end up well, potentially in this range, but uh, I really, honestly, for me to actually say, look, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm not just saying what's going to make sure Jarman keeps him. Cause I think six wins he'll stay. Uh, but what do I need to see to actually say, look, I'm excited. I, I think that this is heading the right direction for me. The answer is pretty clearly seven wins at this point, which is obviously shooting very high. Uh, clearly that implies that he needs the, uh, you know, the easy two games here, which are obviously central Michigan and UConn. He needs to then win the three, ACC games that coming into the year we said, look, these are kind of you know games we should win. Uh, Syracuse, UVA, and NC State, which none of those, uh, uh, I think we'll get to it in a bit. No, no, NC State's kind of a different a different category. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, they just I beat agree. Florida State, yeah. pal. No, what I'm saying, but I'm saying coming into the year, so so you need those. Two, you need fine the easy two that we would say in the beginning of the year, which we sure. don't know if they're easy anymore, but we'll see. Um, well, I, I think Virginia Virginia beat someone shitty, and now they're getting. Well, some, yeah, I'm not. I, I agree. Virginia. I agree. They're, they probably are a little bit overrated, but um, and then I think you need NC State, and then quite honestly, I at least need to see at a bare minimum, you know, a, a, a real competitiveness, and not just to show competitiveness through the first half, first three quarters, a real competitiveness where we actually have a shot to win, if not win, against one of the big three remaining ACC, so Vatek, Louisville. Uh, or Florida State. And I think, again, both two of those at home, there's certainly a good chance for that. Um, you know, Good chance, huh? I think there's a chance. I should not say a good chance. I think there's a, <laughs> I think there's a chance for that. Uh, but, I mean, look, at the end of the day, we are seeing the team is getting a little better. We have a young quarterback. So there is certainly a spot where you can get to where I say, all right, look, you know, yeah, it's not 10 wins, but I'm, I'm happy with where we're heading. Um, six wins, I think he'll stay. You know, it'll just kind of feel like nothing. It'll just be kind of that. Uh, and then five wins. I think he is gone. I think he definitely should be gone. But you know, I think we'll. Do you we'll want to see. see how? Do you want to see how Anthony Brown plays out? Do you want to see how AJ Dillon and Travis Levy um, and, and the rest of who else is a freshman? We we have a, a very young, uh, 
you know, nucleus at this point, the apex of the offense, as Daz said, is all is all freshmen. Yeah. Do you want to see how that plays out? I'm, would you be not would super... you be okay with seeing them all transfer and starting from scratch with well, you know, probably probably another underwhelming hire? I think I well that's well that's the question. I think I mentioned this uh, either on the podcast or on that comment I had last week that was my dude of the week, but uh, no big deal. But, uh, you know, the question is, is, is who do we get? And if it's late... Are we patting our, are we patting our backs from last episode? Because I should slide this in here. I predicted the score, I think, exactly correct. So <laughs> Good job. All right, we'll this, is, this, will be, this will be that segment. Uh, no, I mean, I think, I think a lot of it, you know, unfortunately, we are somewhat tied by Leahy. I do trust Jarman. I think he's, you know, got a good head on his shoulders in terms of he knows, you know, what he needs to do. Uh, so I have faith in him that he would make a good hire. And I think there's a lot of coaches that these players would stay for. I think that if you do hire, you know, not to bring up Dazio again, but if you hire another coach who just went four and seven in the Mac, yeah, I think a lot of guys are leaving, but you know, I think there's a lot of coaches who we you know, should be targeting who say, look, I'll happily go get paid two and a half million dollars in, you know, one of the best conferences in the country, great city, not a lot of media pressure, whatever. Like that's a great job for a lot of people. Um, so if we get the right guy, I think, I think that that changes the conversation as well. But, um, I think I think that was that was very civil. We did we did really good there. Yeah, yeah, we did. The only other thing I'll add okay. here is that <laughs> here we go. No, this is a pretty neutral thing. Uh, BC has played the hardest schedule in the NCAA thus far um, by by any source you check. Uh, every every opponent they played has overachieved thus far this season, um, and obviously still up to you know top twenty teams coming up back to back after they play Central Michigan. So make no mistake, this is a very difficult slate. Um, and, and six and six to me, and don't don't yell at me no for saying this. No six, six and six is not a bad result this year. When you look at the schedule, you look at the injuries, you look at everything else. Freshman quarterback, a lot of excuses. Six and six is not a bad result though with the schedule. All right. Well, I'm glad that again we're we're both still uh, still firmly in our camps, but but we at least uh, you know can be friends over the border. So overall, that was uh, much smoother. That than went what well. We had, we should, what we had last we should week. Try that more often. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. That was nice. So I look forward to more of that throughout the. Uh, throughout the rest of the year. All right, let's jump to uh, the dude of the week. Everyone's second favorite segment. Absolutely. You know, I, I feel like dude of the week, or some one way or another, we, we include special teams and somewhere. I'm going to finally just give Ricky Brown, special teams coordinator, my dude of the week. You know, ironically, it's after Lichtenberg obviously missed that, his first field goal of the year. But everything else is just clicking on special teams. And by the way, that wasn't you know, a bad miss. Like, it was a no, it was a great kick. Miss. It was a pretty straight you know, in fact, it's like Michael Jordan, he looks good when he strikes out. I have this <laughs> little Space Jam yep, reference. Sure I, have this in my, I, I have this in my notes, Matt. Um, so uh, he missed a 40-yarder off the upright, upright, but fine. You never want to be perfect as a kicker. Too much pressure, good miss. So smart. We're on the same okay, that's there. true. That's really smart. It's like um, a no-hitter. Mike, <laughs> Mike Knoll was electric uh, on the punts and, and really kept our defense in it. Um, that guy's just, that, he's come a long way since, uh, that Penn State missed, uh, extra point. Uh, the German, and here's some saber metrics for you that I did, cause this stat is not available, um, you know, in the open market, but I had to, you know, download the NCAA spreadsheets and all that. So, um, the German Maximilian Gustav and Schlutzer is 20th in the nation, um, in touchback percentage at 30%. Uh, I'll give the credit to Ricky Brown there. I don't know who else to give the credit. Um, <laughs> Mikey Walker on the returns has been crushing it. Uh, he's gonna. He's everyone keeps saying this, but I'll echo. He's gonna break a. a he couple, is he, not yeah, just one. He he's due. Uh, yeah. He's due. He's a little guy. I love it. He's you know he's he's becoming one of my uh, 
one of my my favorite, you know, he's probably going to be drafted by the Patriots yep. in a couple of yep. years. And uh, so, yeah, love, love Mike Walker. Love everything special teams is doing. And BC, by the way, they've never been strong on special teams since I've been a fan, which is a long time. So it, it's cool that this is actually coming together when I don't think any of us really expected it. But, um, you know, so shout out to Ricky Brown, special teams coordinator. Uh, you know, hope it, it hope Loeffler, some, of, some of Ricky Brown's dudeness wears off on Loeffler. All right. So with mine, I'm going to go uh, to a defensive back, Lucas Dennis. He had another pick uh, last weekend. I think that's, what, two or three on the year for him. Uh, for me, three. three. So, All right. so you obviously didn't do your homework. So he's got three on the year, which actually leads the country. He's tied with pretty much everyone else in the country, but he's got three, leads the country. Also, Matt, someone tweeted out Lucas – well, don't Something don't don't spoil it. But yeah, the 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 reason he's really my, the reason he's really my dude of the week is because his last name is doesn't rhyme with it, but it kind of spell rhymes with penis. So oh, we tweeted out it. Lucas Penis. So you said it. Yep, yep. So, so I was going to go for that. Honorary pood of the week is you tweeting that out. We have a lot of people following us. Where we have a, a fiduciary obligation to these people to not have tweets like that that get sent out. You sent it out. I. By the way, that tweet's been deleted, and I, you're going to get mad. Are you serious? <laughs> I deleted it, yeah. Oh, I'm going to delete so many of yours. That's a bad tweet. That man. was a good that's tweet. That's not a good tweet. All right, that's if my you, new poo of the week would, is you deleted If you had made the pun, if you had made the pun, some sort of pun out there. That was the on pun. Board. That was no. the pun. His name is Lucas Dennis, and I said Lucas Penis. That's the pun. Don't overthink it. This is why we don't get sponsorships. Unbelievable. I cannot believe that. All right, you go to your I, I deleted because I'm changing my poo now, but okay. I had, a, I had a Sunday scary situation. I said, you know what? I can't have that out there. Oh, all right. It. Well, that's fine. No one's looking through our historical tweets. As long as everyone saw it all day. Oh, no, no. It care. was there for a good 24 hours. It still pisses me off, but whatever. <laughs> all right. Keep going. We're, we're on the clock all right. here. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of, so my pood is, and you touched on it earlier, but my behavior at Dewey's uh, was just was just bad. Um, and and I'll, I'll, so that's my pood is, is just my overall, um, you know, behavior. I was yelling at you. I was yelling at, you know, we have another friend named Matt, obviously. Uh, I was screaming at him. He said, why aren't they going for it on fourth and two, which was a reasonable thing to say. And I said, hey, Matt, shut the F up. You've never watched a football game in your life. Um, so that was a pood. Uh, the only defense I have is I had a couple uh, BL nubs, which are BL platinums, not to brag. Um, had a couple of those pregame, uh, 3.30 start. Those, those sneak up on you. So um, not sure if I'm welcome back at Dewey's or not. Probably going to avoid it this weekend just for, uh, you know, just to be safe. But but that's my pood. Matt, very, uh, very grown up there. That was, that was a good job by you. Uh, self-awareness, right? Warrants it. Self-awareness is key. Uh, all right, so my pood, I'm going to go a little off the, off, the, uh, off the beaten path here. There's this new guy on Twitter, and I, to be honest, I don't know if he is like, completely trolling and just being sarcastic, uh, but he's been now going at this crusade for, I think, around two weeks. So uh, it's the Hire Doug Flutie guy. So I think his Twitter handle is just at Hire Doug Flutie. You know, he's... he's Basically, as simple as he wants Daz Spire to replace with Doug Flutie. Look, I'm as anti-Daz at this point, and I, I, I agree that he should be gone. But hiring a head coach with literally zero coaching experience at, at any level, including like flag football, uh, just because he went to BC and has a statue and he loves BC and he you know is in the Heisman commercials anytime he gets, might be literally the single dumbest idea of all time and is you know one of the, the single slowest ways we can uh, get our program back to respectability. If you go through this guy's... Twitter history. It's actually, you know, quite a trip to read. Uh, basically, he laid out his 10 points for why we should hire Doug Flutie. None of them had anything to do with football. It was like, he's fun. He can raise funds. He's always happy. Uh, he's excited. 
and he loves BC. Like those were his points. I'm in. I'm ready to run through a brick wall for Doug Flutie. Yeah, right so now, by so the way. so that's where we stay with. I'm this no guy. longer on Team Das. Yeah, I'm Team Flutie. So that I'm in. That guy, that guy's my Flutie of the week again. I, I I guess I appreciate the enthusiasm, but like, look, we can be unrealistic. Like I'm saying, I want Chip Kelly. I'm saying I want you know Shiano, whatever. All unrealistic in their own right. But they've oh, hey, coached hey, football hey. before. Oh, and uh, Kevin Ollie really worked out shitty for UConn basketball on that. I know you're a UConn guy. Uh, well, I mean, why, he, why, and they won a national championship, which I'll absolutely, take. Absolutely. I'll take. Absolutely they did. Right. Point. That's that's my mic drop. Now you have to say so, because that was, that was my point. I don't, I don't really get it. I, <laughs> did, did, I, did I say something that, I, that didn't make sense here? Yeah, I mean, uh, if, if, I, if, I, if it, you know, he certainly gets himself a nice leash, but at the same time you can say, yeah, just because you had a good season doesn't mean that you get to stay here forever. Still, thank you for your contributions, and, and you know, we'll always remember that we won a, uh, a national championship. I don't, I'm not sure I'd follow. I tuned you out uh, at at one point, and I think I jumped back in okay. and I said something that maybe didn't make sense. Were you saying Doug? This guy wants Doug Flutie to be the the BC head coach. That's correct. Oh yeah, yeah. So Kevin Ollie was a good player, and then he became UConn head coach, and they won a national championship. Oh, so Why your argument Flutie? your argument there is pro hiring Flutie. Okay. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Well, well, well. You know, Daz and Flutie are co 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 coaches. Okay. Sure. All right. No, that's good. I'm just glad you're on the same page. Maybe this is you just running this Twitter account, by the way. <laughs> Just to, just to kind of get on my poo of the week. But uh, anyways, my dude of the week, I don't have much. Um, I'm going with, and I don't really get why it is, to be honest, uh, but I'm going with the fact that Vontek is a night game next week. Um, again, doesn't make a ton of sense. You know, obviously, if they beat Clemson next week, they'll be in the top 10, and then it will make more sense. But, uh, you know, with a, we'll be going in with, with probably a 2-3 and three record. That just doesn't really get the needle moving for, I think, the average 7.30 ESPN game. Um, so it doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but I like it. Hopefully we get the crowd fired up enough. You know, uh, everyone will come out firing. Maybe Daz will be a little more aggressive and we can, that can be one of the, uh, you know, the upset wins next weekend. Again, yeah, I think this I, gets magnified if they can beat Clemson next weekend, this weekend. Yeah, you know, I, I think the night game, absolutely. And yeah, this, this Saturday's game should be interesting between Clemson and Virginia Tech. I think the night game factor doubles BC's chances to pull off the upset just for, you know, it's at night. BC always plays Virginia Tech well at night. I mean, people, you know, don't forget Matt Ryan and in, in, in Blacksburg on that Thursday night ten years ago. I mean, it's just saying. My uh, my dude of the week is hey this is, you keep you keep we do this every week by the way it's and I don't know how we differentiate it but it's not the dude oh, of the week shit you're but right. we do it every week it's the dude and the poot which don't really make sense I I agree with you but at this point we're five weeks in we can't turn back so uh, that would just be my, my housekeeping note there it still is correct because my it dude technically is yeah of the week is. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a fair point. My dude this week is that yeah, better? that's better. I like that. Is uh, and I so I hate uh, Jim Christian with all my heart, but I'll throw him a bone here. Um, you know, as we sit right now, it's it's late uh, Wednesday night. BC has not been implicated implicated in this whole uh, bribery scandal yet. So I'll give I'll throw Jim Christian a bone um, for having a team that's shitty enough that um, you know we don't recruit good players. The whole the whole you know. Reasoning behind this scheme is to hook up financial advisors to players that will ultimately play in the NBA. We don't have any of those. It's not going to happen. Kai Bohm is not playing the NBA, Matt. Don't even start. So shout out to, to Jim Christian there. Um, he just avoided this whole situation. Um, also, while I'm at it, shout out to Gene Filippo, by the way, who, who switched us over from Reebok um, to Under Armour. Just kind of a ballsy move back in 2010. That was before uh, you know Under Armour was kind of the cool brand, before everyone was speefed up. Um, 
But, you know, he could have made the safe play to Adidas and we would have been, you know, in this shit with, every, with everyone else, at least with, you know, Louisville and Miami. So uh, my dude of the week is, is or, fuck, my dude is BC basketball, you know, finally doing something correctly for the first time since uh, Jared Dudley walked through those doors. <laughs> and I like it. Uh, do we have anything for Eagles in the wild this week? I'm, I'm empty, but, but uh, I'll turn the floor to you. You know, I didn't really have anything. I, I had something in case you had something. Um, but I'll just say it. So uh, Sundays, uh, if you're watching Red Zone, you don't see it. But sometimes I flip back to, you know, I live in New Jersey, so I have to put up with the, the Jets and the, the Dolphins. Um, but sometimes I flip back to CBS to see if maybe they switched over to the Pats game. They never do. Uh, but if you if you see it, you know, Luke Keekley's commercials are just they're the best. Dude, uh, Luke is just, he's he's the ultimate dude. He's got the one where he's holding the baby. I don't know what, what he's selling, but he's uh, but I'm buying. So Luke's commercials. Eagles in the wild. Those are phenomenal. Um, yeah. All right. All in on those. I like it. So uh, we're going to introduce a new segment here because, quite frankly, Central Michigan doesn't bring a lot to the conversation. So we're going to uh, talk about the ACC a little bit, kind of get outside of just the Boston College bubble. Obviously, Matt, you just touched on the fraud piece a little bit. Um, so within this ACC talk, we're going to introduce a new segment. So this is in honor of our head of social media. You've probably heard us talk about him before. Uh, one of our former roommates as well. He's currently at law school uh, out in the middle of the country. Uh, anyways, this new segment is going to be called uh, Habeas Corpus for now, though, Matt, do you whoa, have a working whoa. title we want to go with here? Yeah, uh, so I came up with this right right before we aired. Uh, and let me know what you guys think. Sound off in the comments. Uh, Duteous Corpus. Love it. Thought, thought of that myself. Yeah, it's on brand. Um, so basically, Habeas Corpus, from my legal understanding, which is a Wikipedia like five minutes before we went on air, uh, is something about basically the right to like go into the courtroom. I don't know. If it's not right, don't correct me. I don't really care. I think they say it in legally bond, whatever. Anyways, this point of this segment is going to basically be us bringing in each ACC team, or at least the ones we want to talk about this week, into the courtroom of our podcast uh, to be judged on their season so far. So relatively straightforward concept, a little hat tip to uh, you know all those uh, legal eagles out there. Shout out to our social media guy uh, and everyone else furthering their education. My first one I'm going to start with is UVA. I think we touched on it a little bit earlier. I have no idea what to think. They beat Boise at Boise, which is always concerning, I think, because that's a tough place to play. But there's obviously some special factors there because Bronco Mendenhall, whatever the blue what turf. Can I, can I just yes. say something? What, I was going to say, what with the blue what, turf? With the blue you, turf. you already said I it. I did. I beat you to it. Um, but they were also doubled up by Indiana earlier in the year. Indiana is normally stinks. So I, they gave up 18 points to UConn. So overall, I'm going to say I'm not concerned with them. Uh, and again, this is all relative because I'm concerned with us as well. So that's not to say this is a, a walkover win, but overall, I'm not concerned with them. Uh, Matt, what's your judgment on UVA? If so we far? if we play like we did against Clemson, we beat them. We I said it already, Matt. I'm not going to say it again. We beat them by a million points. So we sh- if, if we if we play like we did against Wake, we probably lose. But I think we win that game. Okay, so we should. What we should end up doing is uh, we, we need to win. If we lose that game, Dallas is probably done. Yeah, that's probably the biggest game left for him. Let's move on to the next one. I have Florida State on my list. Obviously, they had a, a pretty bad loss to NC State last weekend. Um, that was only their second game of the year, correct? Because of the hurricane. Correct. Yeah. So I think I think. Uh, yeah. Correct. You know, they were going with the they were going with the backup quarterback. Um, Freshman. They didn't look great. And. and and no, and, and and one fun fact about that game, um, I, I agree. I mean, I, I kind of – so I predicted NC State um, to win that game just because – and I said this at the beginning of the year about Florida State is they do a bad job protecting their quarterback they did last year. I didn't know it was going to result in an injury, you know, season and injury, but I, uh, I said that their downfall was going to be their inability to protect Francois. He goes down and uh, freshman takes over. 
I think their defense is is overrated. I I thought they were overrated, you know, to begin with, and I said that either on the show or off of it. But um, you know, the, the NC State, whether they're good or not, I don't know how good that Florida State team is. And, and in my mind, actually, before we get to that, uh, did you see at the end of the, the first half where Jimbo Fisher? Uh, uh, I don't want to. Do, I, know, down? I don't want to do this. And yes, okay, that's. A, I know where you're going, so I'm just going to stop you. There's so a big difference seconds. because. Because we punted from the 40-yard line, or, or, or you ran the ball out of the 40-yard line. He at least went for it. He threw, threw into the end zone three times and kicked a field goal. So there's a big no, difference kicked, there between Dazio. He kicked Dazio. a field goal on, on third down with 20 seconds to go to end the half. Over uh, when You're playing NC State, but I'm just saying he still has his job, so why not a Dazio? Okay. But, All right. Um, so, yeah, so uh, to me, the, the ACC – and this is all over the place the first time doing this segment, but to me, the uh, the ACC Atlantic is, I mean, Clemson's going to win this. I mean, it's, it's they, they, you know, beat, they blew, blew out Louisville. Uh, NC State, to me, is not a threat. Florida State's obviously not Florida State. Um, you can't read into one game, but they're 0-2. I mean, I don't know. I, I just think that Clemson, it's Clemson's uh, division for the taking. What I do think is interesting is the Coastal, um, and I said this before the season as well, uh, but Duke was, my, Duke was my big sleeper. They're 4-0. Um, I love Coach Cutcliffe, and and by the way, Virginia Tech's you know probably going to win, you know the Coastal. They're undefeated as well, and obviously ranked pretty high. But they're also unproven. I mean, the only the only game that they've won, I think, is is West Virginia. Otherwise, they played all cupcakes. Um, but I love I love Coach Cutcliffe. Um, he's like this this quarterback whisperer, and I you know they have this young quarterback that he's mentoring and all that. Did you know that Cutcliffe Matt coached uh, Peyton Manning? I, he also coached Eli, but you know, more importantly, he coached Peyton Manning, uh, Thad Lewis. Yeah, people then, forget that he was like a pretty big SEC coach. Uh, for well, a while Thad Lewis played up. for Duke, remember? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. With the, with the Manning. He, here's one for you, Todd Helton. He oh, sure. Helton. Okay. Yeah, over at, at UT, I believe. Um, last point on Cutcliffe. He also had uh, when he was hired in 08, He had five consecutive losing seasons. And he didn't get fired, and then they won the coastal in a sixth season. So something to think about. Uh, if you, you know, think about. Think about the if you think about the DAS situation, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, we've had we except we've had winning seasons. Right, it's a little different. Duke Duke was like the laughing stock of college football basically for the last hundred years, but uh, so a little different there. But okay. and then they won the coast. And then they won the coastal. All right, so, hang on. Um, so I have I, I want to clean this up a little bit too. So I think what we're going to do going forward, and again, sound off if you like this idea. I like it like this. We say Florida State, they're charged with being overrated. Guilty, not Ooh, guilty. Oh, I like Boom. that. Florida like State, that. overrated, guilty. Boom. Next one down the list, NC State. And we're just going to run through these. We get to see uh, Central Michigan stuff. NC State, over, they're always charged with being overrated. Uh, specifically, the media always overrates them. They're always super high on them. So I think that makes BC fans and, and kind of you know people in our universe underrate them. Uh, but I'm going to say they are... Uh, not guilty of being overrated this year. I think they're actually good. Their D lineman, I forget his name. You know, it's basically uh, just, him and Landry are the best two in the country. Uh, is is sick. Very impressive okay. win in Tallahassee. Who? The NC State? NC State defensive end. Yeah, yeah, they're they're an awesome player there. Is that another Okafor? It's I, you know what? I, <laughs> Something I, like that. Right? Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Uh, but he's very good. He was all over the field on. Uh, oh, Chubb! Saturday. It's Chubb. That's what it is. Okay. It's it's Brandon Chubb. Is he the Nick one who Chubb. spit on the one, uh, one of the, it's not one of the Chubb. Chubb brothers? Is he the one who spit on the on the Seminole logo? Because I did like that. Because I hate Florida State so much. That, I think that was someone else. Okay. Hey Matt, what what about hey Florida State? Uh, inadmissible because we don't have enough evidence. Uh, UVA, we'll I think UVA would be inadmissible. Florida State, I think. I guess that's two games. They played know. two games. All right. Yeah. So I, we're, we're obviously going to take this offline and, and make this better. <laughs> we're going to workshop so. it again. Any um, comments you have, let us know. Uh, the only other two I have on my list are just real quick: are, are Cuse and Louisville. Cuse had a competitive game against LSU. 
Uh, Louisville, I actually think is is overrated. They skated by Purdue, who yeah is having a better year than than normal Purdue standards, but really never close to Clemson at home on a night game. Uh, when I say again, not good, it's all relative. Uh, but I don't think they are as good as as people think. All right, you guys ready for Chippewa time? I sure am. I sure am. I'm, so I'm excited. I'm excited uh, for this. This is going to be a very quick segment because I think Matt and I both, uh, you know, didn't study up as necessarily as, as much as we could have on the Central Michigan Chippewas. Uh, but I'll kick it off with with my fun fact here. I only have one, Matt. I know you usually have several, but I only have the one, and it's uh, it's pretty high level here. Uh, did you know that Chippewas? Actually, I'll ask you this. What is a Chippewa? I'm going to say a Native American tribe, but that's a complete guess. All right, well, that takes away my whole point here. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. I think their mascot is like a, a hedgehog or something. Okay. Um, when you see the actual guy in the suit. So did I nail dress it? Up a did I nail yeah, it? They're, okay. Yeah, they're Native American tribe. Awesome. Good job um, by me. My, but my fun fact is that um, they were originally the Bearcats uh, up until 1942 when an assistant coach pointed out that Bearcats, or Bearcats were not only not native to um, you know that area, I guess they're native to Cincinnati, um, but they're also an extinct species, or nearly an extinct, I guess you would say, endangered at that point. So that is my fun fact there. Great. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of go in a similar uh, wavelength here. These guys are incredibly boring, so there's literally nothing fun about them, I think, in line with, uh, with that fact there. On their Wikipedia page, they don't even have a history section. Everyone knows that's like where I get most of my fun facts. I'm a history guy. And also, if you go back hundreds of years, there's obviously some weird shit going on when, when schools are founded, whatever. Uh, so mine is going to be just incredibly not exciting at all. But uh, in the uh, prestigious rankings of Michigan College TV stations, they've been number one for the last 15 years. So good for you, I guess. Uh, I, I, I don't know. That's on them for being so boring. So. Uh, I will tell you what, yeah. what they lack, what they lack in fun. I think you were just going to say yeah, it was, was. Sure was. what they lack in fun facts. They make up for yeah, it's a str- and having an electric alumni. It's a pretty situation. strong alumni base for this weird school in the middle of nowhere, Michigan, uh, with no fun facts and no history. But yeah, I was, uh, very impressed with some of the names we saw here. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to start it off? I'm worried that you have all these and you're going to take them all. So why don't you, why don't I go first? Yeah, you go first. All right. Well, then you're going to, can you go first? Sure. Yeah. Whatever you want. Uh, yeah. You go. You go first. Matt. Yeah. With my number one overall pick, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jeff Daniels. Uh, oh come on! You've never even seen Dumb and Dumber. I mean, first of all, can you? That's that's not true. Uh, can I go first? <laughs> you can go first, Matt. Go all right. I'm gonna go with Jeff Daniels. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber was was you know my favorite movie of all time. Uh. You know, he obviously played Harry opposite of Lloyd. Uh, just, just an electric movie. Um, nothing. I mean, all sorts of quotes. Anything you, you could you could think of, um, like mock. You know, and then you say yeah. Yeah. You want to do that? Yeah. No. It's, mock, we're, we're, running, we're running low on time here. We'll keep up. We'll, we'll keep, keep it going. Rolling. We'll keep going. He was also, and I forget what movie it was, but I have. Uh, uh, NASA person. He was the head of NASA in one of the movies uh, recently. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, the Martian. Yes, that's what yeah, it is. Yep. Very, yeah, got a big run on that. All right, Good so job. that was mine. I came up with that on my own. So All right, so, you I, go. so I got two in a row here. Uh, I'm going to go with Terry O'Quinn. He played John Locke in Lost. Uh, everyone who's familiar with Lost knows the first seasons were like the best in television history, and then it got really bad, but Locke was an awesome character. He was also the boss in Old School, uh, the father of believe her name is Alicia Cuthbert, uh, who yep. Mitch had sex with that Mitch Palooza. Turns out she was in high school. So eh, not good when you have sex with your high school uh, daughter of your boss. 
just a just a little tip for all you youngsters then, out there. By the way, she would go on to play. I think she was in twenty four a couple of years later. So interesting. Yeah, she. You know, I mean, she's a ro- like roller coaster. She's of like a, a big of a life there. Yeah, she's yeah. like a legitimate actress. So yeah, we could probably list off her filmography too. But again, for the sake of time, we won't. Uh, she was Kiefer's daughter. Kiefer's daughter, yes. I, I think. Yes, that's correct. Right. Uh, I'm, I have one more after this one, right? Because I don't want to waste one of my good ones. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Larry Joe Campbell. He is an actor. The only thing I know him from, and I think it's like a very small bit, but it, it you know, always always cracks me up for some reason. He is the best man in Wedding Crashers uh, at the main wedding of the uh, the, the Cleary family wedding. Uh, he is the alcoholic best man who's basically crying during his best man speech. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I just that that has always uh, got a kick out of me. So good for that guy, uh, Central Michigan. Yeah, remember that one well. Of course, he went to Central Michigan. Yes. Uh, probably the heaviest hitter of them all is is Tim Allen uh, coming in at my fourth spot. He obviously was the Santa Claus, uh, which is a you know obviously huge for uh, Central Michigan there. Um, also in home improvement, but I'm a Santa Claus guy. I've seen them all. Uh, Tim Allen is, is, is one of the best. And I'll tell you what about Wikipedia and every other, you know, online situation out there is that should have been the top of the list. And I had to really dig for that one. Wait, so, yeah. Hang on. Uh, I didn't see that I on think my list. I'm looking at oh, now. You're correct. But where, wow. where was it listed that he was, uh, it wasn't on the well, central Michigan alumni I he, page. I think he transferred. Yeah. He, a lot he was of these in Western Michigan tra- too. Exactly. Yeah. He only went for a year. Um, but yeah, so I didn't get that right away, but I found it actually right before we aired. So pretty happy with that. So, uh, Santa huh. Claus, Tim Allen, um, and then I guess my five spot, J- I'll give it to JJ Watt. Why not? And I know we don't want to do athletes, man. No, I, I, I agree. Understand why? But uh, but an interesting story with him is he uh, he so he went to Central Michigan, and uh, he I guess got duped by the, the coach, and the coach said, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll put you at tight end. You'll get a bunch of touchdowns." JJ really wanted to play tight end. Um, he went there, played for a year, didn't play tight end, had like three catches. Uh, and he decided to transfer and walked on to, to Wisconsin. So that was a tough break for the uh, the chips there. Yeah, not good. Um, all right, my, my last pick, the, the sixth man, I'm going to go with a guy by the name of Buzz Brainerd. He's a voice actor, uh, best known as the voice of the You're Watching Disney Channel commercials uh, back wow. in the early 2000s, and also This Week in Baseball from, I think, 2000 to 2011. So great voice. Uh, That's a full life right there. Yeah, he, he's definitely hit a lot, so he's uh, he's all over it. Some good guys we left off, Dick Enberg, the play-by-play guy, uh, and then Tom Crean, the future BC basketball sure. coach. Um, and then in athletes, Antonio Dave, Brown was the next big one there, Dave, too. Do you just take all of them? Yeah, man. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Dave, Dave, Dave Dombrowski is another one. Sure, who all right. actually went to Central Michigan and, and turned out to be you know, pretty smart. So that's an interesting story there. Yeah, that doesn't happen too often, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, load, loaded cast. I encourage you guys to, to check it out, do some independent research. Um, really, really impressed with the, uh, the Chips alum. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so. Yeah, I completely agree. I think you want let's jump into the tailgate ability rankings. Uh, reminder, this scale is out of 30 natties. Again, we just had a road game last week. That's one out of five RVs. This is one to 30 natty lights. Uh, it's the natties for the home games and the RVs for the road games. Exactly. Right? Bingo. Yeah. Right. I think I figured we it out. We got it. Here. We got it. All right. I uh, This one's obviously going to be you know somewhat underwhelming here. Obviously, we're one in three. We got a, I won't say cupcakes. They're actually you know not a bad team. But it's a game that we absolutely need to win. It's a game that isn't going to generate a lot of outside interest. Um, I think that not a lot of people are going to show up. I have, uh, out of 30, I have 17 and a half natty. Wow. Um, and that's that, high. It, gets, it gets bumped up because here's the deal. I think the lines will be a heck of a lot shorter. Um, 
both tailgating wise, you know, to get into Brighton uh, as well as in the stadium. So that's kind of a bonus. I'll give it, you know, seven points there. Wow. So, All right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's very high. So I've got a few reasons that this is going to be about as low as it well, gets. It's also the, the weather's nice. I didn't realize I was going to have to defend myself. I thought we were just, you know, throwing darts at a wall right. here and coming up with a number. <laughs> well, you know, you got to do your research. By the way, the weather's not nice. It's a chance of rain basically all day in the 50s. If it was dry, it would be good. It would be good football weather, but uh, it's supposed to rain all day, which is not good. Uh, again, one and three playing in Max School. It's parents' weekend, so obviously everything's a little subdued, uh, both in the parking lot and in the stadium itself. I actually agree with your point about the short lines, hopefully. Um, though, again, I have really no confidence that BC's going to be able to handle it based on what we've seen so far. I'm going with 4.2 Natty Lights. This is uh, about as low as it can go for me, just leaving a leaving a, uh, a few a few beers down there uh, to go lower in the event of, you know, we play Howard again and we're 2-7 and seven going into the game. We're still sort of feeling ourselves out on this scale. I, when you say four, obviously my seventeen and a half. Seventeen's high, high. Man. Seventeen's that's, high. That's high. but like it's still you know a, a tailgate in September. It's a one o'clock game. It's not a noon game. You know, there's a lot you could do worse with this. So um, yeah, I'm going to stick, I can, I'm gonna stick to my guns. Worse. All right, I'm going to stick to my guns here. Seventeen and a half. We'll meet in the middle. It's probably around fourteen. Um, <laughs> okay, trust that. Man. So. <laughs> Uh, all right, so what to watch for? I didn't do any research on this bit at all. Uh, yeah, me neither. So this is a bad combination. They're, they're, Usually one of us right. I mean, uh, does something here. But I, I can go ahead, actually. Yeah, sure. Like, what do you got? Maybe you can build off of it. So you said what to watch for. Um, is Dan Lefebvre still there? I don't think so. I think he I'm is gonna gone. Be, Matt, I'm going to be watching for him. Okay. Um, so I, I, he's in my uh, my Riley Skinner Hall of Fame uh, for athletes that had you know more than like eight years of eligibility. That guy just love being a Chippewa. Um, Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Right, right. Good point. I I can remember this day back in 2006. I think it was BC's first game of the year where Matty Ryan was out doing Dan Lefebvre. (laughs) And uh, it it came down to the wire. Uh, Matty Ice escaped with a win, but I think it was was either by a field goal or a touchdown. But I remember that like it was yesterday. Um, So as far as the, the matchup itself, I don't know. I think that they have a quarterback that probably runs, which is bad for us. But I think that we're clicking at the right time. I think that if our offense can get into gear, I think our defense is doing great. Barring, you know, all the injuries that just happened this week, hopefully people get healthy. Hopefully a linebacker, of course, step, steps up. Hopefully Landry's back to full health and he has a huge game. I mean, Landry by himself could, could take over this game. Uh, so we'll see. I, I'm obviously confident, but um, – you know, this this is by no means a uh, a cupcake. Yeah, no, I agree. I think my, my notes are that I assume they're an average MAC team. Again, these are all assumptions. Uh, actually, these next three are accurate. They destroyed Kansas on the road, uh, but Kansas, I think, is bad. Uh, they got beat up pretty bad by Cuse at Cuse. Again, yep. we don't know what Cuse is. And they snuck by URI, University of Rhode Island, in overtime, which I don't think is impressive. I'm, I'm Again, I'm guessing. So I'm guessing they're bad based on these facts. I have no idea. Vegas Quick, has us they did. point favorites, which I think is good for us and probably means that they're really bad because I don't think Vegas is giving us a lot of love right now. Uh, so overall, my assumption is that they're actually bad. They did beat Oklahoma State last year. They had Hail Mary. Um, Oklahoma State's obviously good this year. Um, they were pretty good last year, too, um, but they beat them uh, you know, early on in the year. Yeah, we could lose. Uh, this could be Colorado State. We could absolutely so, so lose. So this was one of the, yeah, this was one of the games um, I, I thought that people were worried about Northern Illinois. I, I've was honestly more worried about Central Michigan, uh, but obviously this is a must win. And, uh, you know, Daz is coaching for his job. He knows that if he loses this, it's very difficult for Jarman or really anyone to justify keeping him around. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that leads to 
I guess more aggressive, but you also don't want to give the game away. Hopefully they just they figure it out. Everything finally clicks. Um, my official prediction. All right, I got thirty to nine BC. Um, Matt, there's gonna be a lot of field goals in this one. Sure is. Yeah, it sounds like it. All right, I like it. I'm gonna again. We're we're running out of time here, so I'm just gonna go with the last fifteen seconds. I think we continue to improve. This should never be in doubt, but who knows? Uh, big game for Anthony Brown and Landry. A little bit of a, a continued coming out party. We have the same point differential. I'm going 31 to 10, so very much on the same page. We don't share our notes before this, which is impressive. We've been um, on the same page though, except yeah. when you you thought BC was literally gonna you know collapse, not show up against Clemson. You had them losing by I think 68, so probably 69, yeah. probably 69. Yeah. Um, but yeah, been on the same page otherwise. So yeah, no, it should be interesting to watch. I hate that, you know, this is a game where we need to win or else, you know, we're, we have a pretty, we're steering one in, I can't do the math, one in six in the yep. face yep. And, and in the last five games. So that's obviously very bad. Uh, so you need to win this one. Um, I think they will. I hope they will. Um, otherwise Daz might not be allowed on the, uh, the bus back to, I guess it's in Chester. Yeah, right. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. This is, uh, I think, been a fun episode. I'm, I think much more civil than than last week, which is always nice. Hopefully, uh, a nice showing at Dewey. See everyone there, or, or hopefully in the stadium if you're in the Boston area. Let's uh, let's go out and get W this weekend. It's always a great day to be a dude. She's a dude, we're all too safe.